Hi, and welcome to Heart to Heart, a Kingdom Hearts podcast, where usually I explain the Kingdom Hearts series to my friends, but today, we're spooky. I may hiccup. Uh, I have to hiccup a little bit. <laughs> we're hello, so terrified. Hello, hello, hello. It's Promise Live from the living room of the other co-hosts. How are you doing today? Are you ready to get spooky? <laughs> And a dark, dark wood. There's a dark, dark road. And in the dark, dark road, there's a, a dark, dark house. And in the dark, dark house, there's me. I'm Daryl's. It's great to be here. Let's do some fun, spooky shit. Spooky. What's my name? And I'm Riley. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm Riley. I'm already spoopled. We've been spoopily for days like, like two of them. Yeah. And, and it really, it really be having me here in this place. It's Googled. Thank you. We also have back again, Jane the doll. Jane. Yay. Hi, Jane. Hello. If yeah. remember, if you hear laughter or anything, <laughs> it's just Jane. She's just here enjoying. Well, I gotta sneak another laugh in. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do a soft little... After we were like, hi, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> so, like last year. So, I'm going to kick you so like last I'm year. I'm so fast. So, like last year, uh, we have spooky stories, both from the hosts and from listeners. Uh, we have a number of stories from listeners, so I don't think we'll get through all of them, but... Don't worry if your story's not read this time. It'll stay in the Google Sheet for next time. And apparently we do this every year now, so it is officially a tradition. Cute. That's not going to get picked up on the mic. <laughs> nope. It's all right. That's what you I'll have to fucking boost that. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> So, do we want to start with a listener story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should bring back the person who rocked our entire ideas. What Spooky was. Riley's Mountain Lion story. <laughs> oh, no. 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 <laughs> oh, Imperial story. Imperial Are they still H-C. alive? You know... Last we knew, there was a monster chasing somebody to work or to college. I don't remember what it was. I think it was to college. And they have another story. (gasps) Uh, Like last year, it's, um, you know, uh, they explain it at the end. Yeah, yeah, let's just feel Uh, But nobody named their stories, so I'm naming them for them. So this is Catacombs by Imperial HC. Yes! I love Catacombs. Have you heard of the catacombs? Yes. I mean, of course you have. Everyone in high school has heard of the catacombs that lie underneath the school itself. Ooh! None of the students know why they're there, leading to various rumors that have graced the halls of the school for years. Apparently, entrances in a side room offstage the auditorium, the door that stays locked usually. But the first catacombs are used as extra storage space for various productions the school puts on. That is why you find yourself there today. You are part of the orchestral pit for the upcoming musical, and you've been tasked getting some extra stand lights by the band teacher. 
One of the stage crew members accompanies you, of course. And luckily it's someone you know well. The teacher was unsure which location these extra lamps were. Only that it was one of two places. You both had already checked the room above the auditorium. And that was, ner was nerve-wracking in itself. The rickety boardwalk that stretched to the back had caused your heart to race. But it had been in vain as the items in question were not there. This meant the catacombs must be where they were. You never thought you'd have the chance to see them. But frankly, you hadn't really thought about it. Until now. The door is unlocked today. It has to be for the rehearsal. Your stage crew friend opens the door to the room, and you help them lift the hatch that leads to the catacombs. Your friend flips the switch and lights come on down below. They go first down the metal ladder. Clearly, they've been down here before. After the way is clear, you quickly follow. Frankly, it's somewhat underwhelming at first glance. Tan stone walls stretch ahead of you, and you have to slightly and you have to crouch slightly, making it a little uncomfortable to be down here. All around are various boxes and props that can't fit into the main the main storage areas. It takes a few minutes to find the right box, but there your goal lies before you. It's a bit heavy and awkward to carry up by oneself. So your friend offers to climb up first, and then you can lift the box up to them. It's easy enough to do so. That's when you hear a box fall behind you. Turning around, it's clear that one of the boxes that had been beneath the one you grabbed had been shifted enough to make it fall after an un uncertain amount of time. You explain this to your friend and say you'll fix it before heading back up. You make your way over to the box in question, its contents spilled out slightly. A few older microphones that are kept as backups. It's easy enough to put them back and place the box back in its spot while making sure it's more balanced. And that is when the lights go out. You laugh. Clearly your friend is playing a joke on you. Slowly you make your way back over to the ladder, not too far away in the dark. You walk. And walk. And walk. Shouldn't you have made it to the ladder by now? Sure, you'd move slowly not to stumble or anything, but... Even with that, you should have ran into the dead end of the wall that had the ladder. At this point, you decide to pull out your phone and turn the flashlight on. And what you see causes your heart to drop. All that you can see is the catacombs stretching ahead of you. You turn and look the other way and find the same thing. There aren't even any boxes or props you, that you had been next to only moments ago. Take a shaky breath, unsure of what's going on. Had you gone the wrong way? The lights had been off, so maybe that was it. You call out to your friend, and you are met with the echoes of your voice, followed by silence. You try to send a text, but have no reception. So you do what you can. You walk, slightly crouched with your phone lighting the way. You make your way down the path, and there has to be something this way, you're sure of it. You push down the feeling of dread that's creeping up inside you, and you walk. And walk. And walk. Check your phone from time to time. The time of the clock frozen catches, your catches you off guard, but the battery still drains all the same. You start to turn off the flashlight from time to time to preserve what battery you can. In those moments you're relying on brushing a hand on one of the walls to guide you. But even with that time is passing, at least you think it's passing, it feels like hours yet the clock on your phone stays the same, and it isn't long before your phone dies. 
Now you're in the dark. All alone. Call out frantically, moving as quickly as you feel safe doing so. Back and legs screaming from being in such an uncomfortable stance for so long. Your hands scrape along the walls, sometimes a bit too hard as they begin to bleed. You can't help but feel like you're about to hyperventilate. Walking. Walking. Endlessly walking. Why? 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 You don't remember what happens after that. Only that you come to in a hospital room. Concerned families stand around you, and you hear that your friend had found you on the ground, wide-eyed and mumbling in gibberish only moments after you had went to fix this box. Had it all been a dream? It felt far too real. As you're starting to convince yourself that this has all been some strange dream, there are two things you notice. Your family says that your phone was dead when they brought you here, and your hands all scraped up. The end. Oh, absolutely What not. the fuck? <laughs> Context time. Another story inspired by some real-life stuff. My high school did have catacombs underneath them, and they were sometimes used for the yearly scary movie that students would watch. And I did briefly get to go down there. Before you ask, I was the one to go up first, and my stage crew friend followed. No stranger occurrences or scary endless halls. Hope you enjoyed. I tried something similar to last year, but different enough to make things in- interesting. It was Absolutely. so good. You're such a talented writer. Um, but excuse me. Also, what the fuck? Why does your school have catacombs? Why did it? they build them over catacombs? I think there's. I think. I think there's plenty of spooky stories here that need to be unearthed. Like, there's something sus. We have to go investigate this school. Yep. Cat round Williams. Cat. <laughs> Phasmo <laughs> style. More than likely, if it's a large school, there might be maintenance tunnels underneath. Yeah. And the students just call them catacombs? Because catacomb literally means it's a tomb. And, like, there's bodies buried here. And I really hope their high school did not have did. bodies buried okay. underneath. Did you hear okay. Imperial? Let's be so real and honest right now. The, there's been so many living things on earth that every single inch of it has had something dead on it, in it, or under it at some point in time. Right. So everything's a tomb. Earth itself is a a tomb. That is so true and metal, but still, that's different than, like, built catacombs just casually under your high school. Well, it'd be more likely the catacombs were there first. They were old. I meant that they were built. Like, they had been built, and they are also underneath the high school. Not that they were built under a high school already there. That's weird planning. I suppose that's a number of high schools in Paris. (coughs) True. I hope they don't have direct access. That's the part, too. It's, like, it's accessible. You go down there to watch a scary, like, an annual scary movie. That's what makes me think it's actually maintenance tunnels, because there's no way it... That the administration would let students just go watch a movie in a tomb. I mean, if I was administration, I would. To a, a bunch of high school students, they're going to be disrespectful as, disrespectful as fuck. True, true. Unless you show them which catacombs are saved for disrespectful students. 
Oh, wow. <clears throat> what? <laughs> That's some shit high school teachers would tell you. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not threatening to kill high school students. Pa-pow! <laughs> you know? I just wasn't sure what you were trying to say. I was just making noises and kind of not making loud noises. This is what I do when I'm not here and I'm living at home. I have my muke mic. Muke my muke mic My mic muted and I go like. That's the sound of the police. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sound of the police. <laughs> There's like another yeah. story. Yeah. Or? No. Oh, give me, give me more. Okay. So wait. You guys want a weird one? Yes. Or one that will have like actual conversations about spirituality afterwards. Interesting. We'll get, we'll probably Let's do, do weird that. first and then conversations about well, spirituality if, after. From what I I think that'd be a good one because if we do the spirituality one, then we lose our stories, which yeah. are like legit. Not that your stories aren't legit, except for when they're not. <clears throat> I call this one the Beyblade Dimension, <laughs> like Crescent Dreams Three. By the way, Crescent Dreams, we see your cosplays. We see them. They're yeah, good. They're very good. <laughs> hey, I had a dream that I'd actually like to share for the Halloween episode coming out. <clears throat> the dream started out normal. I was walking down a street with a lot of trees. It was very brightly colored at first until there was a sudden sense of dread, like something was following me. I came across a building and I had no choice but to enter. And once I did, the dream turned black and white. And as I made it through this huge building that functioned sort of like a mall, it became more and more evident that something was chasing me. And I couldn't let this thing catch me. Occasionally I would come across a door that led outside again, and once I stepped outside, I was in a different area of the city that I live in. And even if I went outside, I usually had to go through another door that led back into this underground mall thing. At one point, I had to crawl through the ventilation system. And once I came to an opening, I was in my apartment. The place I currently live right now. But the curtains were closed. Which isn't necessarily unlike me, but it felt wrong in the dream. When I opened them, the sky was red and black. And there was smoke everywhere. And in the middle of the city, there was a huge fire and smoke and a large creature terrorizing and destroying the city. It would run from one end of the city and destroy some buildings and then run to another part of the city and do the same thing. As if it was looking for something. I live kind of in the central downtown area on the top floor. I had lost sight of the demon for a while. After some waiting, it parked itself right in front of my window and was looking in to my apartment, just staring at me. After I had the stare down with the demon, I called to my girlfriend and told her we need to leave. We managed to get out of the building before he completely destroyed it. And once we got to ground level, 
We were surrounded by the cops and CIA agents trying to take this thing down, but it obviously wasn't working. The building crashed on us, and I assume I died. But the dream didn't end. When I awoke, still in this really weird dream, I was in a place that was blue and purple and covered in ice. I tried to walk forward and grab an understanding of where this place was, but I fell on my stomach, and I started spinning around, which was apparently the only way that you could move in this place. <laughs> That's terribly inconvenient. The only thing was that once you start, started spinning, you could never stop. What? After some time just spinning and moving through this area, I, I encountered a childhood friend who was just screaming at me. Uh, that's when I woke up for real. I don't always remember my dreams, but when I do, they're always weird. And because of the spinning around being the only locomotion you could do, I called it the Beyblade Dimension because of the Beyblade jokes in the pod. <laughs> inconvenient. It's not a good method of locomotion. But I suppose if that's your whole universe. Unless your equilibrium is like designed to handle that. Everybody is designed to be a top. That's... That makes me tired. That's really about sad it. for bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Yin and yang. Yeah, like you everything's about duality. If you only have tops in the universe, where's the fun in that? No. Where's the bratty bottoms? <laughs> <laughs> well. Aw. <Aww. laughs> we oh, could cover that. <laughs> I'm scandalized. Are you? You don't act no. like it. Not at all. <laughs> That was good, though. Well written, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. It was easy to follow, even if it was a little weird. And it's it's a little hard to, I feel like, to make dreams easy to follow, because it's one of those who had to be there kind of thing. And, and you just know things, and you just yeah. feel things. Like, yeah. The the monster in the building and the peering in the window made me think of an episode of One Punch Man. So what I think will be our final listener story for this Halloween episode, uh, I call him from Project Zeus. Oh, shit. When I was growing up, my mom, my sister, and I all lived in the same room. My dad and my brother each had their own rooms. My family added onto our house, and my brother got this big room almost separate from the rest of the house. And my sister wanted his old room. She started living in that room when she was 13. I was nine. So fair warning, there's a lot of discussions about which room people live in, for context. The only room I'm ever gonna refer to by anything special is that room. Okay. I would wake up in the morning and see my sister lying in bed with my mom. She would tell me that she had a nightmare and she wanted to sleep in the room with us. This happened about twice per month. I remember my parents having to get an exterminator in my sister's room because it was infested with ants. They were everywhere. I also remember when I was 12, 
my family and I ride a motocross track when a pipe busts in the attic and put a few inches of water in our house. When the pipe busts directly above that room. It bounced the dog like a baby. Excuse us, pod listeners. Sorry. <laughs> my dog is an infant. Oh. This is just... Let's say the word 17 without fucking farting. <laughs> Time passes. My brother turns 18 and moves out. My sister was 17 and got married. Yes, she was young. And she and her husband moved into my brother's new... My brother's large room. The add-on room. I asked to move into the room. Now, I'm 13. My mom let me move into the room, knowing damn well there was something wrong with it. I woke up one day and I had bruises and a handprint on my arm. Uh... It looked like someone grabbed me very hard, but I did not remember anything happening. I told my mom. She acted like it was strange, but told me nothing else. My friend made me a cross necklace, and I wore it 24-7. I got in a major motocross accident when I was 13 and broke my back, and gave myself brain damage. Even to this day, I twitched from the brain injury. For a month, I had to sleep in the living room on a hospital bed. One day, still suffering from my accident, I went to the motocross track with my mom, sister, and her husband. Just to watch. When we came back, I went to my room and started watching Pirates of the Caribbean on the TV. And I can hear my mom outside cleaning the dirt bikes. I look towards my closet and I see a shadow man. He walks out of my closet and towards the bedroom door. He looks back at me and he sees me looking at him. I froze in shock. And then he runs out my door towards the hallway. Few few nights later, I woke up, but the cross necklace I had wore fell off, and broke. Uh, but I kept the cross laying next to me because I was scared. One night, I'm lying in my bed, my covers are up, and my feet and ankles are exposed. I feel someone grab my ankle and start pulling me out of bed. The shocking part is that I was staring at the wall, and I was clearly not moving, but I could feel the bed shifting under me, and I could feel the pressure of someone pulling me, but I was not moving. I jerk my ankle back, and I hear someone run away. That was the last straw. I talked to my sister because I think I'm going crazy, and she told me that I wasn't, that she had problems with him, too. She told me that she had scary dreams all the time. One time she dreamed there were ants that were crawling out of her eyes, and when she woke up, there were ants all up in her bed, which is why my parents had to call the exterminators. She told me one time he even held her down in bed, and she had to fight against him. She told me me that when she jerked up, he let go and ran away. My mom now knows this is happening to me, too. Some more room changes happen. Uh, Basically, the brother moves back into the the house and takes the room back. Uh, My last experience with him was when I was 14. My brother moved home, and I was in his room playing addictinggames.com on his computer (laughs) while he was playing games in his bed. I was killing these zombies, and I was getting it. My brother comes behind me and puts his hand on my shoulder, and I tell him, Look, I'm getting them. They're dying so fast. I continue to tell my brother all about the things I did to my character and upgrades, but then I hear my brother say, Who are you talking to? I turn around, and my brother is laying across the room in his bed with his headphones on, looking at me like I'm crazy, and I feel the hands on my shoulders lift off of me. Oh. My brother was never behind me. This is where my story ends and my sister's story continues. 
She was 19 and I was 15. We downloaded some Ghost Fighter app on her, on her Blackberry. We were messing around, quote-unquote, looking for ghosts. <laughs> Any in this room? Nope. How about this room? Nope. Then we get to the room. And with the app open, the screen looks like a radar. And a big red dot pops up in the closet. We freaked the hell out and ran away so fast. The more about my sister. She didn't have a good marriage. Her husband was a bad guy. She lived in the big room with him and was kind of closed off to the rest of us. I thought she was too up his ass to pay attention to the rest of us. I later learned that was not the case. She was not allowed to talk to us. When she was 21 and I was 17, she divorced him. She was so happy that she twerked upside down on our patio doors. Oh. <laughs> I love that detail. Okay. She starts to tell me the problems she had with her husband and with him. I thought he was only in the, the room's closet. But somehow, he had moved into the other room. I think that he latched onto my sister. She told me she had nightmares again. She told me that one night she felt the whole bed shake, but her husband had no, no recollection of it. He slept right through it. One night, she had a dream that she had dark magical powers, and she knew it was because of him. She was terrified. Her husband got physically abusive and controlling, progressed over the years to the point where he would act out not only in their room, I watched him kick her in the living room, and one day, he even got hostile with me, and my dad had to step in. My gosh. That was towards the end. My sister told me that he would get scary, and he just got worse and worse over the years. One day she gets a call. My mom and I are in the room with her, and it's from the pastor at the church that we used to go to. The pastor told my sister that they did an exorcism on her previous husband, and the pastor stated some stated someone else was in him. Of course, we thought it was bullshit. Her ex-husband would call saying, it wasn't me, I was possessed. But she still never took him back. That's good. Good for her. My sister meets a new man and moves out. And now I'm a freshman in college. I'm 19, and I have a weird dream that she was lying in bed surrounded by people. I'm crying uncontrollably, and I tell her, I'm not strong enough to do this again. She replies, it's okay, you were here for me the first time. She was being exercised. There was the pastor and everyone else in this room. Her now husband tells me that it's okay. This dream terrified me. In real life, I'm walking to my college class on the phone with my sister when I tell her about my dream of her being possessed. She couldn't believe I had a dream about him. She tells me, I think you knew somehow, because he's back. I saw him in my home the other day. I was shocked. This was the moment that we realized that he was latched onto my sister and not our family. She told me that she sees him in her new home with her new husband. I worked at a mall at the time, and it was close to Christmas, so I got her this beautiful cross, and she put it in her house, and a few days later she calls me, told me that she was taking the trash out to the street when she saw him standing on the road. He was mad because he couldn't get in the house. My sister had a dog named Rexy. When she got this dog, she was with her, her... She got this dog when she was with her first husband. Rexy helped my sister through her divorce. That was her baby. Her new husband buys her a lab puppy, and one day the puppy gets out and Rexy goes after him. Someone maliciously drove off the road and hit Rexy. <gasps> about at the same spot that my sister saw him standing. The whole family was devastated. My sister broke down, and my mom had to leave work for a week. It was a hard time. Yeah. My sister had him up here a lot more than usual. My stepniece was even having someone pull on her jacket hoodie. My sister was so devastated that she took the cross out of her new home. My sister went to a psychic. She told my sister that he is just some normal dude the guy who latched onto her. The psychic told my sister to ask what he wants. 
My sister told me that she tried talking to him. She was asking him what he wants. She had a dream that night that she was in school again, and the answers to all of the questions on her test were no. 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 She got the point. He did not want to talk. We think that he is still around, but my sister is in a better place. She has her own family, a successful career, and a wonderful husband. We think it gets bad. We think she gets bad. We think that when she gets bad, he appears again. I've not heard about him in a long time. Um. You're wondering where the hell did this guy come from? Way back when my sister was first moving into that room, we got an antique bed frame from the 40s, and we think that he was attached to the bed frame. Then attached himself to my to the closet, and then finally my sister. I think when my sister finally realized that he will always be around, uh, she stopped being scared, and he stopped showing up as often. Uh, the puppy my sister's husband bought her recently passed away. His name was Olaf, and he died of eight from natural died at eight from natural causes. I want to check on my sister because when she gets down, he comes back. Hmm. It sounds a lot like the platform. Sounds a lot like the others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did talk to Zeus about this a little bit. Um, <coughs> so I said, uh, uh, that, you know, we know some stuff about spirit work, and there are definitely entities that are intentionally or not that cause fear and distress in people because they feed on those negative emotions. And that just based on the story, that's the kind of entity that he sounds like to me. So for sure, being in a bad emotional place can draw entities like that. So I'd definitely check in on your sister. I also threw in a side note that I don't believe in possession like that. So in my, to me, that whole part is just an ex-husband trying to do a classic abuser thing of getting his claws back into that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And good for her for being like, nah, fam. Ain't about it. Good. And Zeus basically agreed with me on all those points that, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's all just vibes. Vibes. Let's be real, everything's vibes. It all comes back to it. The vibe! <laughs> the vibe. The vibe. The vibe. But, to me, especially the, uh, the hands on the shoulder and you're explaining the video game to him... It sounds like he was just hanging out and maybe was unintentionally causing the terror. Because, yeah. like, it doesn't sound like all the things were necessarily malicious. Some of them, yeah. maybe. Some of them could definitely be taken that way, but I think you could also take it other ways of just, like, well, one, if it is a type of entity that, like, draws energy from that, they're not trying to, like, hurt your feelings. Yeah. They're, just, that's, they're just doing what they do. Like, and I have some beans that definitely just accidentally cause shit like that, and then they're like, I'll take my leave. Sorry. Oh, my, my like, Ooh, sorry about that, fam. <laughs> I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make it such a thing. Well, Especially the hands on the shoulder thing, like, what are you playing? Are you winnings? <laughs> yeah, the vibes there are so dad. <laughs> uh, I think, too, if you think about it, if this is something maybe your sister created from energy, which is so common, almost every poltergeist is created. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was created from kind of a negative energy and stuff, not only would it attract that as well, but also to, it doesn't know any better, it was only created from what it knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's also going to be drawn to that, it's also going to be like, it's, it's just gonna, an inherent... It's going to act how it was created to act until mm-hmm. it learned otherwise. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Zeus was saying that like when it first showed up for the sister, the sister was kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. When it was affecting Zeus, uh, they were realizing they were a lesbian and trying to fight against it because of religious trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you know, abusive partner, and then mm-hmm. and then just anytime stuff gets low. So yeah, it strikes me as like a created being. Or one that just did latch on because it was an easy food source. Yeah. But it's not... It doesn't strike me as malevolent, specifically because the hands on the shoulders. I just read that, and I get dad vibes. Yeah, yeah. What are you playing? How does this... Oh, yeah, go on. Get are em. you winning? Yeah. <laughs> and I understand why that's terrifying, especially oh, when yeah. you're young. But, like, the fact that you felt comfortable enough with those hands there, that, like... To be able to explain it. you just explained it, and you yeah. felt it the same presence as... Your brother, I feel like if it was malicious, you would have felt the malicious, the malicious the energy when the hands were on your shoulders. The human body is so good at picking up danger. It's hardwired into it because we're just animals. Mm-hmm. So if the vibes were off, you would have got the chills, would have felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know that feel. <laughs> mm. Except for me, apparently I don't notice things. <laughs> you have no self-preservation instinct. I'm just out here. That's okay. Mine's just always in hyperdrive, so we'll just combine. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll survive. We'll level out. Yeah. So as uh, Austin mentioned while talking about Imperial... No, that was Zeus's story. Um, Talking about Zeus's story. We dabble a little bit in, like, spirit work and whatnot. Um, So we decided to go to this local hill last night um, called Werewolf Hill. Werewolf Hill. Um, it's a really well-known spot in our town. It's, like, there's talks of a hatchet lady with a lantern. There's talks of werewolves and cult activity and animal sacrifices and all of that. Uh, so, you know, we're like, let's take Cronus up to Werewolf Hill and we can do the spirit box. I love spirit boxes. If you ever need somebody to tell you what the ghosts are saying, hit me up. Mm-hmm. So we go up there and we're sitting there. Riley is in the front, is in the driver's seat. I am in the passenger seat and Cronus is in the back seat doing the spirit box. And we've been there for probably about an hour, right? At that point. At least 30 minutes. Yeah, somewhere yeah. Like in that zone. And so Cronus has the headphones in and Riley and I are sitting there. And there's this like light, lanky tree at the edge of the headlights and I'm like is the tree moving? And it's like super dark out. We've got the headlights on but we've turned off the brights you know we're trying to, we're feeling the spooky vibes but we're also just chilling up there Mm-hmm. Cronus has the headphones in so we're asking questions quietly so they can't hear us and they're just sharing out loud if what anything they hear. sounds like it comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Through the static and stuff. And it was going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We were having some back and forths and we were like yeah this sounds like a conversation alright. Yeah, and that. something kept telling us to look at the edge of the light and... To the edge, to the edge, to the... Like, said it three, four, five times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, buddy, we're looking. Uh, nothing happened until, like, I thought I saw the tree move. But then uh, Riley looks at me and they go, is is Cronus moving their foot in the back? In the back, it sounds like Cronus is moving their foot. And I'm, like, looking around and, and stuff. And I was like, no... No, um, I don't think so. And a few more minutes go by, 
and I am looking in the in the in the side mirror, and I swear to God, I see this like pale white thing that's like crouched, reflecting back in the brake lights. And I had and it's like, walking by. Like that's what I saw. And I had like turned around like multiple times, like trying to look around the car because I kept hearing something that sounded like gravel crunching. Like when you step, like someone's walking by, you can hear crunch, crunch. Um, and so that's why I was like, is Cronus moving their foot? Like, stop, you're freaking me out. But they weren't moving. So I'm like looking around and like, what is that gravel crunchy sound? Mm -hmm. And like, right when Darylise was like, perceiving their side view mirror, I was like, is Cronus, it sounds like gravel crunching. Is something walking around the car? And I swear we looked at each other in the sense of dread and the, the heavy atmosphere washed over us. Like, my hand broke out in a sweat. And the look mm -hmm. on Darylise's face was, like, pale white. Like, um. <laughs> yeah. And so we, I'm proud of us. We were really calm. We were like, we should go. We should go. Yeah, it's, I think it's time to go. So Riley starts putting the car in reverse and they're like will you roll up the sunroof and i was like yeah absolutely all the while Cronus is going where are we going what's going on where are we going <laughs> well, they I had their still, eyes closed too i had, had my eyes closed and my hands over my ears and also i'm sitting in the back and this thing is behind me um <laughs> and so i didn't see anything i just saw them start getting hit, and i had the spare box in so i was still listening and we start to drive away and uh it went one day, one day. Hmm. Yeah. And we said, bye. <laughs> and then I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, mm, 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 mm. we'll tell you. We'll tell you when we get there. And I'm like sitting there so awkward. Just like, should I turn the spirit box off? <laughs> yes. We waited until we got out of the area and to an all subs. Then we told Cronus about it, it. Well, what was really weird is I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. I was just vibing with the box. Uh, but after you guys told me that, I started, like, I got really shaky. Mm-hmm. Like, bad vibes completely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was not good stuff. I did not like it. So we're going back, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Bring Austin this time. We'll be fine. Yeah, Austin can go. I was asleep last time. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's like, I, I choose to sleep through the bullshit. Riley has a story about Werewolf Hill. Yeah, so Werewolf Hill, you know, every town has, like, your spot with all the lore, right? Oh, yeah. Everyone's got a story about Werewolf Hill. I now have a story about Werewolf Hill. Um, but most of it's been stuff I've heard. So I work with this guy who does a lot of off-roading and stuff. And, like, he's always been into, like, you know, outdoorsy stuff, whatever. So he was telling me a story because he was explaining to my partner and I, like, about Werewolf Hill. Because my partner's not local from here. I mean, he might as well be now. But anyway, um, he was explaining the deal with Werewolf Hill and stuff. And he was telling us, like, I'm not... Nothing. What? And we're just... I'm just we're being faces. weird. Okay. Well, he pointed, so I was like, is it is it the Eldritch Beast from the Underdark? No. I just pointed at as if she moved. Oh, good. <gasps> so, <laughs> um, so he was explaining, he was like, you know, I don't believe like a lot of that mumbo jumbo. 
like about Werewolf Hill because a lot of it's sensationalized. You know how towns are, especially small country towns. There's always something. So a big rumor around here is like cult activity and like sacrifices and like all this kind of drama at the hill. And no, no one's no one's out here like acting like that. Whatever. That's remnants of the satanic panic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. He was telling us the story at the tail end of the satanic panic. Mm. It was in his, like, late teens, like, when you start driving and stuff, and he's cruising around with some buddies. They're in, like, it's like a three-vehicle party, like, cruising around. It's dark in the middle of the night, and they decide to drive up to Werewolf Hill. For some context, driving up there, like, it's just the one. It's, like, the road. It's a road. Like, you're not going to lose somebody winding through the woods or anything. We're in the desert. There's not, it's not woody right there. Um, it's big incline of dirt and gravel and bushes. <clears throat> so with the one like dirt road. So he's driving up there with some buddies and he's following someone and he loses them and he's going up and it's hard to see, especially we have contacts from last night, but it's hard to see like, like you can't see that it drops off on the sides and stuff like, but it's just dark and you just see the road. So he's like flying up this hill trying to catch up with his buddy and he's like which you should not do no there's like like i said sheer drop-offs and stuff a lot of people have rolled their vehicles down this thing um acting a fool or drinking and stuff like that um so he's like hauling ass up this hill trying to catch up to his buddy and he's like i do not understand how i lost them um and so he's going and all of a sudden he rolls up on like to the top of the hill and like slams on his brakes because there's like several people standing in front of his hood like right like rolled up like a couple feet from like demolishing these people over and he said that he just stopped and in his headlights there's these people standing right in front of his freaking hood and that they were like dressed in all black like cloaks or hoodies jackets normal coats he was like i didn't get i didn't check the tags but they're like all decked out in black and just He's standing all there. out the window. What are you wearing? What's the brand? <laughs> <laughs> so he stops, hands clenched on the steering wheel, and in his headlights, these just these people staring at him. They do not move. They're just standing there. And you know, I imagine like they probably heard a vehicle coming. You know, you try to justify stuff. Like they're probably like, "Oh, who's rolling up on us? Going eighty? Like what the heck?" But they didn't move. He slammed on his brakes. They didn't act like imposed upon it all or like afraid of being ran over and he just stops petrified right he's frozen like why are these dudes right here he also sees no sign of the vehicle he was trying to follow his buddy and so he stops and coming into vision behind these guys they've got a fire going okay people go up there to have fires because there there's used to be access to the special spot up there that's kind of tucked away where you can't see fires and stuff from down the hill or like on the streets. The so. cops won't come bug you if you're a dumb teenage kid trying yeah. to get his bonfire drink on. Yeah, exactly. They've since blocked that part off. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. But anyway, um, so they're up there. And so there's a fire back there and he sees several more of these people dressed in all black, whatever brand Gucci, what they plan to do around this fire. And they're like, singing or chanting something and he swears up and down and again he was like i don't believe in the cult shit but he swears up and down that there was a goat that they had a goat involved and like 
he like his blood turns cold. He's like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. And I am not here. So like any normal person would do, he throws it into reverse and floors it backwards. He does not check his window, his mirror. He does not look behind him. He says, nope, I got to out. I am out. And he flies backwards, finally turns around and leaves. And I don't remember. I think he found his buddy. And no one believed him. And no one else had seen this. No one found this spot. No one saw anyone. No one saw a fire. Um, they've all just been cruising. And they're like, where have you been, dude? And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be shitting me. And no one believed him. And he he even, like, post-story now in his, like, later adult years where you have some hindsight and experience and stuff. He was like, I still, like, a thousand percent believe what I saw and, like, know what I saw. But I don't think it was necessarily, like, there and happening in that moment. I saw what I saw, but whether that was the same time and place I thought I was or what happened, he's like, I don't claim to understand. And I still don't think people were sacrificing goats there that night, but something was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he plane shifted. Yeah. That's what I was like, excuse me? And then my partner's in the backseat like, what? <laughs> Imagine those other dimensions being like, where this car come from? Y'all see this shit? How do you just Who are you? We're doing a thing. Yeah. He also said that he was pretty sure like he remembers seeing them like with knives, the people standing right in front of his hood. But he was like, ah, that part, like, I'm not confident about because your brain... adrenaline. Exactly. Your brain adds to your memory or what you expect to see. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I admit, I don't know about that detail, but I know that this went down. Let me shift perspectives. I'm a teenager. (laughs) Drinking. A car pulls up real fast and stops real close to me. I'm not moving. That dog... Uh, you can call it a goat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Are we having a bonfire? Yeah. Are we drinking and now and there's music over there? Yeah. Right. See, that's that was something that he said too. He was like, you know, fear does crazy things to both your visuals, senses, so, and that dog. Memory. You can call it a goat. <laughs> uh, the weird thing about it, I think, absolutely, it just went out. That nobody else saw it. Nobody else driving by on the road saw them. Or... Right. And like you were, we we all went last night. It would be hard to miss. Did we? Don't. <laughs> Don't do this to me. You've been alone. Don't. Ah, that's hey. not likely. <laughs> I don't leave the house alone most of the time. Unless Who's I have to. Back? Don't. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, but yeah, we were up there. Like, it would be hard to, like... You, you wouldn't really miss other people hanging out if you were cruising around Especially those roads. Especially, like, a big fire, I feel like, because there's lots of people, it would have to be relatively good size. Yeah. yeah. He, the way he made it sound, it wasn't, like, this tiny little campfire all cute. Like, they it were partying. Fire, yeah. It was probably teenagers partying. Mm-hmm. And if you already had the stories at the tail end of the satanic panic oh, yeah. about cult shit up there, that's what you're going to see. But I'm real, yeah, I'm real spoopled about no one else saw it and no one believed him. That's a fear of yours, though. Well, it's spooky. (laughs) All right. We're going to move away from Werewolf Hill now because Cronus is not from New Mexico. (laughs) Cronus is from Arizona. We got our own things. If anybody wanted to know what town we live in, fuck, we just told them. Oh, yeah, we did. (laughs) If they know New Mexico. Okay. They'd have to find you. Yeah. Come find me. Bet. Don't. 
I'm don't. just kidding. I don't know why Riley out of everyone would be like, <laughs> I'm tough. Especially to scare Riley, just gotta stand outside the dark. Meet don't. us at Werewolf Hill. Please. Yeah, meet us at Werewolf Hill. Don't meet us okay. at Werewolf This story begins in my home. Of course it does. I was not like, my home home. in my your home house home. with a machete? No, not my house, not the machete. The machete doesn't play a part this year, I'm sorry Aww. to say. No, I have a sister. You needed to know? That is the whole story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, the end. <laughs> no, but me and my sister both really like scary movies, but we don't have a lot of people to watch them with us. Um, so we go together quite a bit. Um, now, as an adult, adult, she's moved out. I go alone, but that doesn't matter. So we went and we saw Lights Out. Mm. If you are at all familiar with Lights Out, the basic premise is there's some sort of ghosty demon bitch. Um, and she messes with the lights, appears in the dark, all sorts of good, scary stuff. It was it was a movie. Um, <laughs> that happened, for sure. So, if you've been listening for any amount of time... I'm not easily scared for real life things. It's just, it is what it is. And I'm definitely not scared of spirits and ghosts. No. I've never been scared of spirits and ghosts. I actively welcome them. Um, but we're watching this movie. We're about halfway through. And I have this awful feeling just in my gut, you know, it's, it's bad. It's icky. My head starts hurting a little bit, which I do have chronic uh, headaches and migraines, but they don't just form. I wake up with them. Mm -hmm. So they don't just form. So I'm not feeling very good. And if it was me just never myself, I would have left halfway through, but my sister was really enjoying the movie. Yeah. So we stayed. Um, nothing happened at the movie per se, but I just felt really bad, really icky. Uh, later on, we're going through the day, my headache gets worse and worse. My head is pounding. I, like, I'm wanting to die. I'm feeling so cranky. I'm getting angry and annoyed. My mom is like, hey, let's all go to Olive Garden. We go to Olive Garden, have a dinner, my head hurts, blah, blah, blah. I gotta go to the bathroom. I had to get away from all the noise of the restaurant. So I go to the bathroom. Usual bathroom business. Everything good there. Um... Until I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> I assure you, it was a very good bathroom experience relative to what happens next. Um, I'm in the bathroom alone. I'm washing my hands. The bathroom lights start flickering on and off. Mm-mm. And if there is one thing that kind of gets me nervous, it is mirrors. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. Mirrors have a lot of wanky shit, a lot of myths. Not about them. Uh, so I'm washing my hands, staring down at my hands because I don't want to know what's going to be in the mirror if I look up with the lights flashing on and off. Yeah. But I do know it's making my headache worse. So I go back to my seat. I don't tell my mom anything because my mom will have a full-on meltdown. She's very Christian. Um, oh, God. So I'm not saying anything. That being said, it goes on, my headache still hurts. My grandpa was dating a lady from New Orleans. A lady who has seen a lot of shit in New Orleans. So she was kind of my go-to ghost story person. I'm sitting there at my grandpa's house, telling her what's been going on, my head hurts, and I start to realize Peggy's not looking at me Mm -hmm. as I'm telling the story. 
And as somebody who craves validation, who craves attention, I know when you're not looking at me, Riley. Uh, <laughs> no, but I know that she's looking, she's looking over my shoulder. And that's when I realize they have an antique lamp that is on the table back behind me. Mm-hmm. Not plugged in, not anything. It doesn't work. Yeah. It is an antique antique. It does not work. It is there strictly for old people aesthetic. <laughs> uh, every time I talk, it turns on. And every time I stop, it turns off. Wow. So Peggy, who is sitting over who's looking sitting in front of me, seeing it turn off and on, when it should not work at all. There's no it's not plugged in or anything. I make Ew. sure to check is, like, wide-eyed, staring behind me. And let me tell you, at that point, this had been an all-day occurrence. You didn't RSVP to take my whole day. <laughs> my head hurts. And I'm just generally a bitch. So I turn around, and I go, fuck off. I don't know what you are. I don't know why you're here. But did I say you could be here? I go on a whole long tangent my grandpa's in the other room going, watch your language! <laughs> He's got a handlebar mustache. That's how he talks. <laughs> He's going, watch your language. I'm yelling at this lamp. <laughs> just Never just yell at a lamp. Pissed off yelling at the lamp. But let me tell you, as soon as I was done, my headache vanished. I had no headache. I felt great. Tried Atlantic, turn off and on. That's when I really got up, though, to check, too, to make sure, like, it wasn't anything. But my headache, anybody who had a headache knows that they don't just... No. It was gone. Whatever it was that I picked up during that movie, because I picked it up during that movie, mm-hmm. was gone. And I've never felt that again, uh, that specific energy. And now, as, uh, older, as an adult, uh, kind of into all of this, I realized it was probably something just lingering around, because... Movies do have energy. Don't believe the whole gateway portal thing, Christian say, but there is a little truth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something does get attached to you, do your proper research. Don't just yell it away because Cronus said it works. However, it did work. It has worked many times for me. It has worked, well, I have two times it has worked for sure, but many times in general. But I don't. I don't recommend yelling at your problems unless you know for a fact that it's gonna work. Maybe politely ask your problems to fuck off. Yeah, if you pick up a if you pick up a demon in a movie, um, maybe try the polite route. Maybe try route. the polite route first. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our pod. Spooky, scary skeletons, centuries down your spine. Ooh, ooh. Our intro and outro song is Spooky Scary Skeletons. <laughs> By the Heart to Heart podcast. Spooky, spooky, well, the cover. Spooky, 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 for whoever I actually do use the music of, it might be dearly reminded by it on a ultra. Or. Or it might be something spooky. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do something spooky. Music brought to you by Jane. 
It might be the Halloween Town theme from Kingdom Hearts. <gasps> Cute. Ooh, Oogie Boogie. No, not Oogie Boogie. Do the Oogie Boogie song. I will Ooh, tell I you. don't like what my voice did there. <laughs> Every time we went to the Halloween Town world in Kingdom Hearts, and we started talking about Oogie Boogie, Oogie Boogie scares the shit out of me. I've loved this movie since I was a wee tot, and he's a scary bad guy for a little, little Riley, right? Well, little Riley is still a scaredy cat of everything, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, Cronus will actively be in my DMs sending me spooky gifts of Oogie Boogie, so I'm just sitting there spooked out. He's the Boogie Man. <laughs> and that's all for us this week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. unconscious knows what our species fears. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down.